Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. <laughs> oh, Frank is at it already. Uh, we have fun in the morning. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We you do. know, you stay young if you laugh. That's, That's why Steve's stayed young over the last 16 and a half years. I'm only 30. I just look yeah, like yeah. hell. <laughs> you look the same, actually, from 16 years ago. Do I really? You do. You do, That's actually. what I'm saying. You stayed yeah. young. Well, Frank's yeah. getting older. You know, you know what, Steve? are going. You know what, Steve? Do I, are we doing stats first? No, like, let's pick on Steve first. Okay, I'll no, take my glasses off then. <laughs> um, so I, I get here this morning, Frank, and the first thing Steve says to me, you're getting a little blonde on the side, eh? <laughs> blonde, yeah. You go with blonde. Yes, it is. Well, I was asking him how he yeah. can only color the top and leave the sides uh-huh. alone. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm aging. I'm aging. Uh, aging. Yep. Quickly. What a week. Boy, a we week. got a lot to unpack today. Yes, we do. There's a lot going on. Yep. Bank of Canada. Good news. Held things the way they great, were. But great, great news. always got to put in the caveat of, but we reserve the right to raise rates. We'll always put it there. You know what? I mean, I think he has to based on the fact that he told Canadians in January that the pause was on. In hindsight, he should have said, you know what? Let's take it easy for now and let's see what happens. Instead, he kind of got Canadians all excited that they were going to pause. And then he goes and raises in June and July. So nice that he paused in September. The numbers certainly allowed him to pause. Uh, even though the inflation went from 2.8 to 3.3, that was kind of expected. So they had prepared for that. We saw the job numbers. The unemployment stayed the same, but that's the first time in four months that the unemployment rate hasn't gone up. Uh, and there were more jobs created than expected, but that even that was expected a little bit anyway. So yeah, 40,000 compared to 20, right? Yeah. So, you know, all in all, I mean, it's good news. There's a little bit of optimism, I think. Uh, the next one is the third week of October. Next announcement, third week of October. Again, the betting is that, again, it'll stay, uh, you know, we're in a pause mode for now. Uh, and I, we I read, have another jobs report before that too. We'll right? have another one by then. We'll have our obviously our inflation report will come out by then. So uh, he'll have a couple of things to go by. But they normally get advance notice of some of these things. So I, I'd like to think we're going to pause. I actually talked to a client yesterday who has a an acquaintance who's a high up economist. She she uh, she said his name. I can't remember what it is. And he said, and he's usually pretty accurate. She said he goes, he's pretty much accurate what he, what's going on. And he's expecting four rate drops next year. Four. Well, he, he she he she thinks we'll be down much like Frank said. She thinks we'll be down what he said one percent next year. Yeah, and I read some articles. Yeah. But I read some articles this morning where there's some economists that now are predicting a half a percent every quarter next year for a two percent drop. So going from five to three percent. So again, this is this is the wide range of of opinions that you get when you see what we're going through today. The one thing is certain, Canadians are struggling with interest rates today. Whether you have a mortgage or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, you probably have a car loan. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of clients say they were thinking about buying a car loan, and then they find out what the interest rate is, and the payments are. It's like, it's unattainable. They're better off to ride their car for another year, ride it out, where before they would have actually made the move because uh, the interest rate was reasonable. But that's what Tiff wants. He wants people to hold off. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah I, went to, I went into a dealership because I'm contemplating trading in my vehicle, and I was looking at a car that's $20,000 less than what my vehicle is, but my payment was much higher. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, just, the rates are crazy. The rate, it was like, the rate was like 7 point something percent. So you're not going to do it. I'm, not, I'm holding on for now. See, it's exactly what he wants. No, it's on. exactly. And you know what? I mean, you talked about it right now. You just said the magic word. Most people now are focusing on what's my payment. 
The important thing is not the length. And in some cases, customers don't even care what the interest rate is. They want it to be reasonable, but they know that the interest rates are elevated. What they're looking for specifically, what's my monthly payment? Because I'm I'm running on a budget and everything else around me is costing so much more that I need to make sure that I keep everything in line. Otherwise, i got to give up a bunch of things. So what percentage more are people paying today on their mortgage when they're renewing on average? 3%, give or take. Which, Two to three which, percent. Which, if you have a three or four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, substantial. That's right. a lot of cake. That's yeah, not many people have though from five years ago. That's the good part. Is that you know in twenty eighteen the average home price was probably in the fours, maybe low fives. So therefore, most mortgages would have been in the threes and fours. So it's not like again we're really going to feel it if interest rates stay elevated. It's 2025 and 2026 that are going to be extremely painful for a lot of people. You, t- you talk about that in 2018, and there was a great article that came out, and it was talking about the fi- the 15 major markets in Canada and what's happened if they would have bought in July of 2018 compared to where they are right now, how much equity they would have built in their house. And Ottawa, of course, Toronto leads the way. Uh, Toronto, if you would have bought in 2018 in July, your average sale price was 759. It's now 1.16. That's an increase of $401,000. And here in Ottawa, Ottawa's done well too. I bet here in Ottawa, if you would quarter have bought, million bucks, I'm going to say 248,000. Yeah, yep. quarter Two, million bucks, 248,000. Yeah, but you know what? There's some there's some bad news out there though. You know, like the lowest one was Edmonton over that five year span. It increased nineteen thousand bucks. So it's increased, but nineteen thousand bucks is nothing. But if you were in, if you were a, a condo owner in Edmonton and you bought in twenty eighteen, you would have had a thirteen percent drop. You would have went from two hundred seven nine to one hundred eighty thousand, a decline of twenty seven thousand dollars over that period. You remember when the condos fell here? That would have been around 2018, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. That that was and when I think we, the pandemic helped rebound the condos. It, well, it did. And also a pause by the builders. So <clears throat> at one point we had 2,300 condos on the market and it was a glut of condos. And there were so many uh, builders who had just about to put shovels in the ground to build more high rise condominiums here in Ottawa. And they put a pause to it. They had to, right? There was too many condos on the market. And anyone who went and bought a condo on speculation and were told, you know, oh, by now in two years when this condo is built, it's going to be worth X. Well, the problem is everyone did that and then it wasn't worth X. They were in the ditch. And then everyone tried to sell. Well, what happens when everyone tries to sell? There's tons of supply. The demand disappears. So, I mean, people were upside down. And I remember back in those days, I'd I'd go see people and they'd be like, hey, we're, we're, we're," you know, a lot of the times they're elderly too. And they're like, okay, we're ready to sell now. We bought it for 400,000. What it's, what, what is it worth now? And there was times where I was saying 320. They're like, what? I'm like, yep, 320. It was a terrible time for condo owners. But, you know, right now, our condo's on market. So sad. I got to put my glasses on for this. 600, uh, 600, 658 condos on market, which is still high for where we've been over the last two years. But compared to where we were in 2018 or 2017, 16, 2300 condos, there was a glut on the market. How many listings do we have right now? About 4,000 less? We have 4,000, just over 4,000. Um, yeah, I knew you were going to So 4,000 and we had 2,300 <laughs> condos, condos, just yep. condos, condos back, back then. then. Yeah, well, there's 4,050 active listings on the market. That doesn't include the conditionally sold ones, but you know, usually if you're conditionally sold, you're selling. Um, with rentals, there's 4,600 listings on the market right now, but there's, it, it was a bit of a, August was a bit of a slow, I'll go through the, probably after the break, I'll go through the stats, but August was, was a, was a bit of a stale month. Um, there's, you know, 582 rentals on the market. 
There was 895 listings that hit the market last last week, though. That was really, really high, and only um, 271 sales. So we're, we're lagging behind. The inventory starting to pick up, still way less than where we should be. But it is starting to pick up, which is which is good news for for especially for buyers. It's a good news because we're we're teetering now into a balanced market. Our, our our months of supply right now are at three months for residential properties, which is up a little, right? Well, which is up a little from yeah. I, I think we went we're up at um, what's the highest since we started the show? weren't we at eleven or twelve thousand oh, at one point listings? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we hit twelve. I remember. Yeah, I remember yeah. twelve thousand. So what a difference, eh? Well, there was I think it was twenty city. I, I think it was so. Real estate might might be one of the only occupations where you do all the work with the hopes to get paid, right? Like you spend all the money with the hopes to get paid. And I remember in 2016 where there was a glut of inventory on the market, we had a 30% cancellation rate or expiry rate. Expire 30%, which is which is normal, but when you're listing 5 or 600 homes a year and 30% of them are expiring, that's 30% of listings that I actually put tons of money towards that did not sell. Right, it's the only profession I know that you, you is that normal thirty percent. Well, it, that year was a tough year, right? There were so many listings on the market that that year. I mean, we're talking about four thousand listings on the market. I don't even think there was that little in December. Like there was just yeah, tons of crazy. Ton. Year, yeah. It was a crazy year for listings. It was. I mean, at one point we were carrying like hundred and eighty listings. It was just nuts. So, and a little different today. Oh, it's a little different today. We're you know our listings are starting to to climb a little bit. We're at about probably 80, 80, 80 homes on the market right now, which That's is pretty good. Which is good. Um, you know, a healthy market is when they're turning over a lot. If you can be carrying you know forty, fifty listings and they're turning over, so you know it's it's a bit it's a bit of a struggle right now. Like the market is, is I mean, we're still in a in a seller's market according to the months of supply, but it feels more like a balanced market. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do start to head towards a balanced market. And then come the spring, if we do see some rate drops, I think we will slowly go back into a small seller's market as well. Three months of inventory is about at normal though, right? That's normal. I mean, they say a balanced market's between four months and six months, but I think between four and six months, you can almost scream that it's closer to a buyer's market at yeah. that point. It feels more like a buyer's market, even though they say it's a balanced market. Um, you know, at one point our days on market were like, 18, 12, you know. That was insane. And the only reason they were at like 12, 13, 14 days on market is because people would put the home on the market and accept offers 10 days or seven days yeah. from now. That's the only reason or that was there. even shorter, right? Otherwise, if they would have put it on the market and it's, we would have been two days on market. That's how crazy that would have been. Wow. Yep. 521 Talk, 521 8255. Back with a whole lot more. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. I got to tell you, everything I've read this week contradicts each other. Why is that? Oh, yeah. Between economists and predictions for the future. And then you got to look out for the headlines, the dire headlines that are made up just to get your attention, saying that home prices are going to drop 30%. And then if you go on to read the article, it says, if we hit a major recession and if this happens and if that happens. But if we hit a major recession, the interest rates come down and the likelihood of house prices going down is probably slim because what's keeping people on edge right now is the fact that interest rates are high and they're unavailable, like they, they can't afford to make the payments. So. You know, if interest rates were to come down, then people feel a lot more comfortable in the homes that they're in right now. If if, if the prices come down 30%, 
we're we're worse than a major depression here. We're we're yeah. we're done. Our housing yeah, right. market's done. It's not going to happen. You but know, just headline grab. Yeah, you know? you know, at the start of the year when uh, some economists and some articles were coming out saying that we're going to be up seven percent, seven percent, or some said four, some said two. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We will end up down this year for but sure. Take away January, and actually, it's been a pretty steady year. Like it's it been, hasn't been it, awful. January was the only month that we went down until this month. August numbers were actually down. Average sale price was actually down by two thousand dollars. So it's nothing major, but we're just a very, very stale market. Now, what I'm reading, they're saying two percent maybe by the end of the year will be down. Well, we ended the year at six hundred ninety-one thousand. And right now we're at 659. So we got some room to make up in order to get there. And we're going into our slowest month. So I'm thinking we're going to be down more than 2% now. I mean, when you look at what we did in August, the number of sales was up 5.8%. And the average sale price was actually up 0.9%. When you look at year to date, number of sales is down 13.7%. But keep in mind, at one point we were down 40%. So we're, we're making that, we're, we're closing that gap. And our average sale price is actually down on the year 7.2%. At this time last year, we're at 710,000. Right now we're at 659. So we ended July at, at uh, 662. Now we're at 659. So we did come down a little bit. And, you know, the indicators are showing that we are going into some slowing times. When we look at the months of inventory, we've gone up to three months compared to 2.7 in July. Uh, condo uh, in, in August was 2.2 months compared to 2.3 in July. Uh, days on market is creeping up a little bit. We're at 31 days on market. So it's creeping up a little bit, which when you, when you think about it, 31 days is not bad. It's no. really, really not bad at all. Um, so there's some good, you know, there's some good, good numbers here. It, 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 it just shows that we are, we had a stale August. The thing about August is it's people's last chance to go on vacation before the kids go back to school. And then the French kids go back to school and then the English kids go back to school that's, those are two of the slowest weeks and those both happened in August. So it's, I think, you know, it's, it's just, August is usually a hit or miss when it comes to whether it's slow or not. And it wasn't terrible considering the that, rates, you know, it's getting the rates. It wasn't terrible at all. So Frank's right. We saw the market. Excuse tank. me. Do that again. Uh, no, Frank, never get tired of hearing that. It happens three or four times. <laughs> Sorry, let, me, show let me rephrase that. Attention. What I told Frank in the yeah, break okay. to say <laughs> is right, is right. So, so, but he is right. Like we ended the year at 691,000 by the end of January, we're at 612. So we had a pretty ugly January, but then after that, we've gone up, up, up. And last month we went down $2,000, which was really not, it was flat. We call that flat. So I'm not. But you can attribute this 100% to rates. Oh, not even a hundred percent, a thousand percent to rates. It's, it's, I mean, people, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people right now who are saying, I just can't get into the market right now. It's just like one, I can't afford that payment, you know, and he's, most of them, most of them are first time home buyers, but what, when the first time home buyers aren't buying, it also affects the move up buyers because they're not buying the first time home buyer product. So that affects the move up buyers, which then affects the move down buyers. So the market is just a little bit shifty right now, fluid. Um, but I do believe in come 2024, we are going to see a more robust market. Nothing like we saw at the start of 2022, but we are going to see a robust 2024. One survey I read said 33% of Canadians now who are either going to buy or sell in the next 12 months, they're going to wait and see what interest rates. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, Canadians are still sitting on the fence about anything like buying a car, buying extra groceries, going on vacations. It's, it's a wait and see right now because money's tight. Money's really tight.
I was talking to a travel agent friend of mine. She said, Frank, I'm just waiting for all the airlines to start dropping their prices because they're just not booking. Canadians are not booking <laughs> vacations this year because they've been priced so out of whack. So they're waiting now because they've got all these seats that aren't sold right now because what airlines do, they put these vacations together and they they reserve the seats on the plane and they reserve the hotels and they're they're paying for them. So they have to sell them. So therefore, you know, we're starting to see that. You know, I do think that, you know, I'll give you an example. And like Paul was saying, I'll, you know, I'll give you an example. I had an older gentleman that called me this week and said, Frank, I've got my $900,000 home paid for, but we're just trying to plan ahead. I'm 59 years old. My wife and I are just thinking about <laughs> planning ahead, maybe starting to look at condos today and buying a condo and maybe renting it out for the first four or five years until we're ready to make the move. I did. I crunched the numbers with him. And, you know, to buy a $500,000 condo with the condo fees and everything, I said, this is what it's going to cost you on a monthly basis, but you're going to be short about 1000 bucks in cash flow, minimum, maybe twelve dollars or $1,500. He goes, why would I do that then? And he's kind of right. I mean, you know, as much as I believe in owning property, when you're at 59 or 60 years old, you're not looking to be out 1000 bucks a month, 1500 bucks a month. Because that's not the right direction that you want to go in. But then so, you need the crystal ball to see what condos are going to be worth five years. Well, from that's now. just it. But it's because the interest rates are so high, though. It's not. This always made sense until the last year and a half, two years. It always made sense to be able to go in that direction because you can cash flow it. Maybe it's a hundred or two hundred dollars, but you can eat a hundred or two hundred dollars knowing that that property value will likely make up for it easily and more. Where it doesn't, <laughs> where it's hard to make it up is if you're out a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks. Is that condo going to go up eighteen thousand dollars? A year, maybe, maybe it will, but you're not sure, especially with the, where the interest rates are. Is that a thousand dollars of mortgage payment? Is that include no, condo fees? In the ditch. shortfall, I know, but does that include condo fees? Yes, because when you're yeah, when you're renting yeah. out a condo, not only are you paying the condo fees, I mean, you're trying to get it back into the rent, but you're paying the condo fees, and nowadays condo fees five, six, seven hundred. Some of these, some of these, uh, some of these high rise condominiums now they're starting at you know seventy cents a square foot. That's yeah. it, that's a lot of change. You know, we're getting a lot of calls on these days, reverse mortgages. I'll bet. <clears throat> yeah. Older people that just want to stay in their homes, but they just can't tolerate the higher interest rates. So reverse mortgages are, are on the uptick right now. And they kind of make sense. The interest rates they're are better high. better than they were, right? They're a little bit better, but they're still expensive from a standpoint of your interest rate on a reverse mortgage is generally in the sevens and eights, as opposed to fives and sixes on a regular mortgage. Frank, our our, our uh, station here is our demographic is, is a little bit older. Why don't you explain yeah. what the reverse mortgage yeah. is? Reverse mortgage is exactly what it says. It's you know <clears> when <throat> generally when you get a mortgage, you make payments on your mortgage, and your mortgage balance comes down. A reverse mortgage does the exact opposite. You don't make any payments, but what happens is your mortgage balance goes up every month because the interest is added onto your mortgage. And, and what hence equity why, can you get out of it? Hence why, depending on your age and where you live, you know, it's up to 55% of the equity in your home. So sometimes we'll get a client that calls us in their 60s or 70s and they'll say, we have a $900,000 home, but we owe 450000 Well, unless you just want to do the 450000 and depending on your age, you might be able to do that, but you can't borrow another hundred or one hundred fifty or 200000 because you're going to max out at some point. Because again- Got to keep in mind that the reverse mortgage company, the balance on the mortgage is going up every month. So they can't go to 80% or 75% right. because they would be at risk of, of losing money. But most people in that age, they're, they're pretty much mortgage free, aren't they? 60s no. and 70s? Oh, God, no. There's lots of, listen, as much as there's, no. and Canada's one of the countries where there's probably on a percentage, probably more equity in Canada than many other countries. So 
you know, if, if you compare the mortgage amount versus the real estate amount, Canada is very, very healthy, despite what you read that we're at 170, 180%. We are. So, but at the end of the day, there's still, you know, it's fractions, right? So there's a fraction of people that have their houses paid for, and there's a fraction of seniors or people that are over 55 or 60 that still have sizable mortgages on their houses. So, and they don't want to move out of their houses. Uh, so they want to stay in their homes, and a reverse mortgage allows them to stay in that home until they're ready to make that next move, which might be a condo rental, so they can continue to be in that home until they're ready to get out, or it might be a, you know, a, you know, a home where they get some assistance if they need it. So. Now, I may be going back a couple of years, but I remember a stat you quoted at one time of the amount of people that had their mortgages paid mm-hmm. in Canada, and it was... Astounding. 60, it was in the 60s, I think. Yeah. So, so again, I mean... Because as a society, the news media tends to focus on that 30%, 35% that, are, that have mortgages, and, and then you break it down even more, they focus on that 5 or 10% of people that struggle. So when we hear the stats that you know, people are two weeks away from yeah. not being able to afford, I think that's a very, very small percentage, but they focus on those people because the other ones are boring. But if there's that many people who've paid off their homes, reverse mortgage could be attracted to them right now. Yeah, for anybody that has their house paid and they want to stay in their home, but they're having a hard time because the, let's call a spade a spade. Pension payments haven't exactly gone up tremendously compared to inflation. So uh, you I know, don't know how struggling. much have they gone up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aren't I wouldn't you, even know. <laughs> aren't you around the corner from that? Other that second pension? Yeah, it's a long corner. Yeah, yeah, it's a long corner. <laughs> five two one talk. Let's break, shall we? Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Back already? If only we had studio monitors, that would be seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the phone. Say hello to Richard. Hello, Richard. Hey, how's it going? Good. Where are you? The dryer? <laughs> I'm actually driving. Let me. Uh... All right. It's all good. Better? It's all good. Hey, yeah, we're good. Uh, so, just my uh, question, or just like my point of view. So, 30, I'm a 35 year old male. I make 90 grand a year. Um, I went to get pre-approved to see what I'd be able to buy, and with a hundred grand down payment, buy a five hundred thousand dollar home. Not even the bank would. The bank said uh, the max they would give me is two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, you've got to have you got to have other debt. Rule of thumb is about four times your income. So unless you have other debt, yeah, unless we've got some significant other debt. Otherwise, you should be you should be able to get a mortgage in the three twenty to three sixty range. Yeah, just debt-free, and a hundred grand down payment at $200, $250 is what is the max they give me. So Depends on your credit I, rating, too, right, Bill Frank? Well, the credit rating, you're either in or out. It's not about – you can either qualify or you can't with, with your credit yeah, rating. Yeah, I know. So. It's great credit and everything. So my concern is just there's no way I'm, I can afford to buy anything unless I go, you know, somewhere I really don't want to be. But – I also heard on the radio that only two-thirds of people or, or two-thirds of homeowners have renewed their mortgages from back when they signed, when they uh, locked in at like 2019-2020. So in the next two years, like it's going to be pretty bad. 
right? Like, yeah, we've talked about it, that yeah. interest rates have to come down over the next 12 to 24 months. Otherwise, our housing market's going to crash. And not, we're not talking Ottawa. We're talking about Canada, not Ottawa, yeah. but yeah. Canada. Yeah. Uh, he should give you a call. Give Frank, give Frank a call. Yeah, sure. Uh, second question, quick one. Um, since I can't afford a house, I'm looking to buy a cottage on the Quebec side. Um, a lot of municipalities are saying that you can't uh, use it as an investment property and use Airbnb. Is that something that's going to be enforced everywhere? Or I, I think there's lots of people using it as an Airbnb, regardless of the fact they're allowed to or not. They're taking that risk. Uh, but it's a risk. I mean, there's a risk in doing that. So you got to check with the municipality. Obviously, that changes everywhere. That applies to cottages to as well. One. Sure it does. Well, it's, if it applies to cottages, it's not being upheld. Because That's it. I know tons of people who rent their cottages out by the week. Tons of people. How's that for an investment, though, getting a cottage on the Quebec side? And would, well, you, would you get your money back at least? Here's the problem with the Quebec side is the appreciation is a hell of a lot slower than the Ontario side. Uh, a lot of people will buy a property and f- five years later, it really hasn't appre- uh, appreciated very much. Um, but renting out a cottage in the summer months is very, very profitable. I mean, you, people are getting thousands and thousands a week for their cottages, and some of them aren't even that nice. Uh, it's, it's a very profitable, profitable rental. So, like, if the municipality says you can't rent it out on Airbnb and you do and they catch you, what's the kind of fine that you're looking at? Well, it may not be a fine. It just may be you can't continue to do it, or we will fine you. So right. they'll probably give you a warning to begin with, and you got to be careful. Yeah. There's lots of people that don't necessarily do it on Airbnb. They'll put it out on other factors. And listen, the, the only time municipalities find out is if a neighbor complains. So you got to be careful who you rent it out to at, at the end of the day. And usually you're renting them out for a week or two yep. anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank okay. you, Richard. Thank you. Thanks. Doesn't get easier for people, huh? It doesn't, but buying a cottage on the Quebec side is much more affordable than buying one on the Ontario side in many cases. So again, I mean, you know, we're left with scenarios where people just want to get into home ownership and they'll make some sacrifices to get into that home ownership because the interest rates are still high. So Now, if you're looking for an investment and you're in the ditch right now because rates are so high, can you make more money by renting out a cottage, by investing, buying a cottage? Can you make enough over the summer months? That you're not in the ditch? You'll you'll make enough in those summer months to cover your mortgage for the year. And if you so, buy a ski hill, you went you rent it in the winter because then you'll make some good money in the winter as well by renting d- it. And out, and so. depends where you are. Like where I am in Constance Bay on the water on the Ottawa River, I could rent it all year round. I mean, there's skidoo season, there's ice it, fishing. It, it might even be more popular in the winter than it is in the summer, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a party up there in the in the winter months with you know, there's there's uh, ice fishing huts everywhere. There's some guy who comes and shovels off a, well, with his four-wheeler, shovels off this large lane all the way through the river so you can go skate. Um, it's very, very popular in the winter. So if you get a place like that where you could rent out in the summer months and the winter months, then you're renting out all year. And you might get someone who will take it for the entire winter, you know, and take it for three, four, five months. So we've never actually talked about cottages <clears throat> as an investment because... Other investments were better in previous yeah. years. Now, is it something to look at? Oh, it's something always to look at. You know, like I, I, I look at my cottage alone. I could probably get about six thousand dollars a week for my cottage. That's a pretty profitable rental right there, 
right? right? So it is a good investment to to buy a cottage, and if for the purpose of renting it out, it's a, it's a solid investment. And even if you're buying somewhere that's maybe it's just a three season cottage, and you can only rent it out pretty much for the summer months, you still have June, July, August, and September. You have four good months, and if you're getting even if say low end, you're getting three grand a month. It's a lot of money. You're getting twelve twelve thousand dollars a month over four months. Well, that's forty eight thousand dollars. That's that that covers your mortgage plus, right? So it's it's not a it's it's. I mean, that's some people do do that. They they buy cottages, and I'm always looking for cottages like that to uh, to rent out. Always, it's a it's 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 a very profitable investment. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it more. Often. <clears throat> um, I think for a while cottages were really hard to get because there just weren't many of them available on the market. Yeah, what when about the interest rates were low? To buy a cottage. No different. I mean, uh, you know, we still have lenders that'll do a three season cottage. Most of them want a four season cottage. As long as you've got the the major amenities that go to this cottage, you know, the ones that are hard to finance. I mean, I've had people call me and say they don't have power. Well, if you don't have power, there's not a lot of lenders that want to lend on it because, again, a lender will look at a worst-case scenario, which is you don't make the payments. they got to take it back. they got to sell it. There's not a big market out there for people to buy a cottage that doesn't have power that goes to it. And so, they're lending based on the land, more they're, or less? Well, they're, well, no, they're lending on the on the property and the covenant, but they want to make sure that the property is marketable and sellable very quickly <clears throat> should they have to take it back. Now, listen, if rates do go down two points next year, mm-hmm. like Frank said, some people are predicting, or even one point, and they want to get the economy down to 2%. And it's you not, mean inflation? And it's, yeah. It's well, not, well no, let's talk it, about inflation But if it's not second. down to 2% and they take off two points, it's going to drive the housing market crazy then is inflation not just going to come right back? You got to be careful, but shelter is a big reason right now that inflation's as high as it is. So if you take away the shelter costs, which are as a result of the rising interest rates over the last 12 months, that's why I say, I mean, right now we've got oil that's at $90 a barrel again. So we were at 73 months ago, we're up to 90. So that 3.3 inflation, we were at 2.8, we went to 3.3. Good chance we're going to see 3.6, 3.7 next month. So we're going the wrong direction, but that's because oil prices are going up and shelter costs are still high because this is a year over year. Where we're going to get some relief is in January because in January was the last increase, prime increase uh, that he did before the summer. So come January, because they do this year over year, we're going to see those shelter costs come down. So we'll see the inflation come down and cross our fingers that oil prices come down. Again, oil is so out of everybody's hands feels like including the government because the countries decide whether they want to pull back. If they want to make more money, all they do is pull back on on releasing the oil, and the prices go up because there's demand for it. So, but won't the economy be up with everybody going back to school and spending money now? Well, you would think, but the jobs are tougher to get these days. Like there's, you know, there's there's more people losing jobs. We're reading every week that there's major corporations laying people off, and there's a lot of companies that are laying people off that aren't necessarily announcing it. They're doing it. They're doing it through attrition. So people are leaving, and they're not replacing them. So. Jobless rate yeah, here but, in our area went from four point five to four point eight percent last right, month. Because again, and if the government slows down on on hiring, then all of a sudden that's going to really impact our city as well. I actually think people have been hit so hard through these interest rate hikes that I think even if the rates do come down two percent, which brings down rates on everything like the cars, all that kind of stuff, I think people are going to start saving more than they are spending. In my opinion, I think people have been hit so hard. I agree that, <clears throat> that they're going to they're going to start lining their pockets with money rather than throw out money. That's what I think. Now, saying that, we have a bit of a double whammy here because if rates start coming down, which brings people back into the market, we're so low on inventory that prices have to go and will go up. 
Yeah. They definitely will go up. Will they go up like we saw in 2022 with those with the crazy Jan, Feb, March, and April? I don't think so. But when you have no inventory, they have to go one way, and that's up, right? So what's your prediction? If they drop a quarter point, will that be enough to spur the market? Will it have to drop at, at least 50 basis points? And then will the market go crazy again? I think, well, I think like Frank said, there, there's a chance that a drop could be 50%. I think they're probably going to do four quarter point drops. Next. If but, they do do drops, I think they'll do quarter point drops. And I think as they start dropping, the optimism comes back even more. Prices are still lower now. Like our prices are reasonable here in Ottawa. They, they were nuts. They've come down. They're reasonable. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is as those rates come down, it's going to drive people back into well, the market. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Do you think it'll be a one drop, two drop before people all of a sudden get some real confidence again and start I, moving the market? I think just the, the the culmination of talking, news, social media, people talking about where it's going will get people back into the market. It will take one drop for sure, potentially two drops before the market starts to go flying again. So we might be looking at summer of 2024. And if it goes up <clears throat> October 25th? We're in trouble. It's not going up. I, I, I honestly don't think it's going. I, I honestly think that he very carefully did the two increases when he did, hoping that he would have to make them and then be able to truly, truly pause. Now, again, his verbiage didn't say that because he left himself open last time. So he, he closed that door this time by saying, hey, if they go up, I told you guys they went up, where when he did the pause in January, he left the impression that that's it. Now we're pausing probably for the year and maybe with a little luck, bring it down towards the latter part of the year. So... Uh, I think he just he's protecting himself by saying what he says, but in reality, deep down inside, I think he feels like now we're in a pause. I just don't want to tell everybody we're in a pause, just in case I have to increase them. Yeah, he visited two more times this year, right? October two more. and then again December. Yeah, early December. So yeah, and I don't, I don't see any I'd raises. Be I'd be surprised too, yeah. but I don't see any drops either. I don't think we see a drop until twenty twenty four. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. All right. Having said everything we've learned in the past 45, 50 minutes, good time to buy, wait, good time to sell, wait. Well, so here's the thing. Um, caveat, caveat, caveat. Uh, well, <laughs> here's the thing. Pretend your kid's buying. Well, Watch so, the buy right now. So... The rates were, well, the rates are the, obviously the biggest factor because right now, if the rates were normal, it's an amazing time to buy because the prices of some products are like first, for example, first time home buyers can't get in this market because the rates are so high yet. The first time product right now, like the townhomes, the terrace homes are very reasonable. Now, if I would have said two years ago that a townhome was selling for 600 grand, you would have thought I was mad, but when they were selling for seven, seven fifty, and eight hundred, and now they're listed at five eighty five, six hundred, that's a great time to buy. Problem being is you got to stomach that payment, and can you stomach that payment if you let's say take a variable? Can you stomach that payment for potentially a year, potentially eighteen months? Can you stomach that payment? And if you can, I would buy now. The reason I say that is as the rates start to come down and if Frank is right and if this economist that I was talking about earlier in the show is right and they come down 1%, maybe half percent, maybe one and a half percent, we could see the market take off again. 
And when we're talking about buying a townhome for 585 or 600, if the rates come down and we're sitting here a year from now and the condos or the towns are now at seven, 750, would you not have bought now and stomach the rates for a year? So that's why I think if you can stomach your payment, you can stomach the rates. I would definitely buy now because I see that there's with the, with the inventory that we, the lack of inventory that we have on the market, there's only one way the price is going to go and it's going to go up. It has to. But you've got a bit of a two month window anyway. Oh yeah. No, you have, you have probably till Jan Feb to, to, to get into this market and, uh, it all depends on what happens with the rates. That's the biggest thing. If we can see a drop coming, when's the first announcement in the new year? October, well, in the new year. Yeah. Well, probably the uh, third week of January. Third week of January. Second, third week of if January. we see a drop in that in that announcement, which I'm hoping there will be, we are going to see great optimism in this market, and we might even see the market slowly start to take off. Wait, that might be a home run right in time for the spring market. Right in yeah, time for the would... spring market. Then if the next announcement, announcement's usually March, right? So if the next announcement in March is another drop, you know, and you've taken a variable rate mortgage and you're seeing that payment come down a little bit and the prices have already been low and they're starting to go up. The last thing I don't want people to have is what happened in Jan, Feb, March, and April of 2022. Don't you wish you would have bought in November or December of 2021 knowing what happened to this market? It happened so fast that I just, I don't want to see people have that as well. I don't want you to sit here and go, wow, I could get this place for 600 and then two months from now, it's now at 685. You know, so it's, that's what I don't want to see happen. And depending on what happens with that rate announcement in the new year, that could happen. It very well could happen. Yeah. I'm wondering how long that would take. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's, I mean, nobody knows. It's not happening. It's probably not happening. Let's call a spade a spade. It's likely not happening until March, uh, unless there's some circumstances. I mean, obviously, I mean, they're talking about a, a new strain of COVID. I mean, there's certain factors that will, will speed it up a little bit, but if everything just goes according to plan, I think the goal is that we'll see that first decrease in, in March, maybe the latter part of or early spring, and a quarter percentage point just to get wet the appetite kind of thing. But How many holds do you think we need before that? Three or four. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll he'll at least hold three or four times, unless, again, circumstances dictate differently. But, you know, I, you know when it comes to housing, the supply is out there. The demand is there, but the interest rates are what's preventing not only first-time home buyers but investors. Yeah, there are people that want to buy investment properties that just doesn't make sense today. So, again, I I truly believe that the supply is there. Now that being said, the builders have pulled back on building new homes. So, as as you know, there's government now official, or, or at least you know, obviously the opposition party that's going out there saying we need to pull back on immigration because we don't have the foundation to bring more people in here. We don't have the homes. We don't have the health care. So they're not wrong on that front because if we're bringing in another million people and, we're, and we've we slowed down. We just need homes. And we already need homes, yeah. and now we've even slowed down. The builders have slowed down across the board, not just in Ottawa. Across the board in Canada, they've slowed down with the exception of a few little and that's smaller all rates, centers. Right? And that's because of rates because it's too expensive for them to build, and they know they don't have the buyers to buy them right now. You, you talk about immigration, and <clears throat> excuse me, I 100% agree with that, with, with immigration. you got to slow that down a little bit, as much as it's great to see these immigrants coming to Canada. But, I mean, not only do we not have enough houses, but we talked about it this morning before the show, our healthcare system is a mess. Atrocious. A- atrocious. I was I was chatting with an ER doctor last night, and, and I said, uh, you know, how's the healthcare system? And this is what an ER doctor said to me. Don't get sick and don't come to the hospital. Yeah. It's a mess. And now we're bringing in another 500,000 immigrants a year 
to our healthcare system and to our lack of supply. Like we of need housing. the workers, but there's got to be a balance. They need somewhere to live, and you're right about healthcare. I mean, it's you, well, one we can't th- handle it now. Th- we can't handle that. We can't handle that with the healthcare system now, but we definitely can't handle it with the housing market either. So it's it's a double whammy here. I mean, it's, it's great to have these immigrants coming into Canada, but it's we we can't sustain this. We can't we can't deal with it. And they can cut the red tape all they want for builders, but until rates come down. They're well, not going well, to build it. And, and Frank said it. Builders have cut back, which is which yeah. is alarming because we need these new homes and we need, you know, if they cut back on the red tape, that's great for builders, which means we're going to get, you know, lots of building going on. Well, no one can buy because of the rates and so the builders have cut back. So it's, I mean, what do we do? We we're, we can't get the builders to, to build enough houses for all these immigrants coming in for the, and for, for the population we have now. Yeah. It's, it's alarming. If you want to buy in the next three months, variable. I would recommend variable, even though the now again, depending on your circumstance. But if you're buying with less than twenty percent down, you're able still to get prime minus one. If prime has stopped going up, that means seven point two less one, six point two percent. It's pretty similar, and sometimes even lower than what you're going to pay for a one or two year. If you truly believe that interest rates are going to be lower <laughs> in twenty twenty five, then you don't want to sign up for a five year. But but again, a one a one year is six seven nine. Yeah, in true Canadian fashion. Canadians are conservative by nature. So you got renewals coming up today and you're telling them the one year's at 679, the two years at 639, you know, the three years at 609, and then you get to the five year, which could be as low as five point, you know, five and a half percent. And they'll say, I'll take the five year because I'm scared. I, I believe that interest rates might come down, but I'm too scared to take a risk and pay a higher rate and not be a hundred percent sure because they've lost faith in the Bank of Canada governor. They really have. A lot of Canadians have just lost faith in the fact that he said to Canadians just a short two, two and a half years ago, go ahead and spend. Interest rates are going to remain low for a long time. And all of a sudden to reverse that in such a quick manner and at such an aggressive way of int- uh, raising interest rates, more aggressive than we've ever seen. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Canadians. That's what I was going to ask you. Is there ever been a time that we saw eight rate hikes like that so quick? And not so much either. And, yeah. and so much in such a short period of time and, and on – and and I think what upsets a lot of Canadians is that the writing was on the wall already and he just waited too long to, to pull the trigger. And once he pulled the trigger, he had to be really aggressive and that set us backwards. Yep. But you got to be careful. You don't want to get sucked into a five-year mortgage at 6% right now and then have them come down even in two years from now. you got Agreed. three years of paying higher, higher, higher mortgage. Agreed. That's why it's such a difficult decision for Canadians today because – they're just automatically they're driven towards a five year piece. It's the best rate right now, but paying a little bit more for a one or two year variable makes way more sense <laughs> than taking a five year today. I'm not the mortgage broker here, but I agree with Frank. Unfortunately, that's four. Are or you five saying times. Frank is right? Yeah, that's four. Well, or five that's, times. that's because before the show, I said, Frank, can you say this and I'll agree with you <laughs> okay, to make you look like you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays, Frank. Uh, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, Jen Pugliese from our office celebrating her birthday. Nice Irish name. Uh, and I actually want to give congratulations to Brian, Corky, and Clara, who had a beautiful baby girl just a couple of days ago, their second child. So now <coughs> Hank has got a little sister, baby sister. So congrats to them. Congrats. And my daughter, who I'm going to be a no-no in two months, but my daughter and her husband celebrated their first anniversary, as well as tomorrow's the baby shower. So nice. And you've been a no-no that. your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have birthdays, but I don't remember them. <laughs> oh. I'll remember them next week. Greg, is it your birthday? No, eh? No. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. And support local businesses and charities, everyone.